0: Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, it's just amazing. The week after school starts, I just see it on your face. You're so happy. The kids are back in school, and I uh, hope you've had a great week. I want to welcome Mobile Campus, Foley Campus. Hey, Malbus, let's give Foley and Mobile a big shout out. Come on! Yeah. And all of you at Church Online, thank you so much for being part of this experience this weekend. And, you know, we are going to wrap up this series today, but we have also a a special treat for us. We have a a family that we've been part of uh, for almost 20 years, and they've been missionaries that long to Honduras. And many of you know them. You've been to their jungle hospital, and I'd like for Dr. Martin Williams and his wife, Wendy, to come to the platform if they will. I want you to greet Bay community. Come on, guys. Give them a big hand. Come on, guys.
1: Good morning. Good
0: morning. You know, every weekend, these guys up at the Jungle Hospital in the Jungle, uh, they're, they're streaming in and with us in services, just like you heard, heard Chuck and Sherry last weekend in Thailand doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, guys, uh, you guys are at a crossroads in your life. Your kids are both in school, so you're empty nesters. How does that feel?
1: Feels great. <laughs> <laughs> good riddance (laughs) not really not really
0: (laughs) you can tell he's a passionate doctor right yeah yeah. well martin give us a quick update on the hospital and what's going on i know you guys are just at at the brink of some incredible things happening share with us what's going on
1: uh we're so excited it really is nice to be in the states um you, you mentioned that sam just got engaged and he's in his senior year and rachel is a freshman these are big accomplishments for us um but now we can actually enjoy the food that we buy, and that's, that's really big, Past. But at the hospital, we're getting ready in 2014, has been such an exciting year. Uh, we've hosted some of the most incredible people this year, uh, Bay being one of the ones that we just celebrated so big. And then we're at the threshold of starting to deliver babies right there at our hospital. We've done it to this point. Yes, thank you. But we're getting ready to get certified for that, and that's a big accomplishment because there's so many ladies that are doing prenatal care with us all these seven, eight years that we've been open there, and they've always been telling us, you know, when can we have the baby here instead of going into the hospital. And so we're just about the time that we can say, you can have them here with us, you know, go through your prenatal care with us and then deliver them here with us, and that's incredible, Pastor. Pastor. And then to, we're, after that, we're getting ready to open up our OR. Now, the building's there. We're just looking for certification, certain equipment, and, uh, and perhaps to have residents that are stateside trained to come and do their rounds with us, and on a regular basis have new residents come to us, and for us to become a teaching institution right there in the middle of the jungle, as you, as you know it. <laughs> so those things right there are just big accomplishments for us, and we're... We're, um, we're actually asking for you guys to pray for us because as all this becomes um, realized in the jungle, we're, we need prayer. We need, we need for your backing
0: to be there with us. It's awesome. And, you know, uh, what is going on there is due to, of course, the Lord supplying and their hard work. These people work really hard. And if you've been there, you know that. But it's an amazing uh, ministry that's taking place right in the middle of the jungle And we're so glad you guys are with us. Can we give the the Williams another big hand? Thank you, guys. Bless you. If you have your device or your Bible, you can turn to Luke 10 and Matthew 18. Luke 10 and Matthew 18. In this series, we've talked about me and my house. We've talked about uh, a house of legacy. We talked about a loving house. Last weekend, Chuck shared with us that our homes can be an ark. And we talked about how to build an ark. Uh, this weekend, I want to talk to you about a protected house. And uh, at the end of this message, don't, don't rush out because we're going to pray blessing over our children. We do this every year after school starts. We bless our children. And so we'll do that corporately. And then when you go home, you can, you can put your hands on them and pray for them again if you'd like. Uh, so we want to do that. And, and, you know, speaking of families and protection in prayer, we have a family in our church that's been with us for quite a while, the Bingles. And they really have an incredible adventure that's coming up. And I want us to be praying for them. So uh, just watch the video, and the Bengals will tell you what's going on in their world. Bay family, I want to introduce you to one of the families in our church, the Bengals. And I want them to tell you what's going on and what they're going to do. Jen?
1: In two weeks from now, all five of us are headed back to Uganda to adopt our son. He's six years old, and he has been at the orphanage since he was about two weeks old. And he's waiting for us, and we're
0: waiting to get there to give him a big hug. Actually, when you get there, you're you're renting an apartment, and you're going to be there, and you, you could be there several months before it's finalized. So, Andy, how, how do you feel about taking all your blonde-haired uh, American <laughs> family over into the middle of African... To Uganda for several months.
1: You know, we've been faithful and confident in God, and we know that this is where God has led us to adopt this new child into our family. It is going to be, be stressful, but we've been there before, and we feel the, the places we're going to be are, are secure for our family. I'm going to be there for two weeks, and then I have to fly home and leave my family there for the rest of the, the, the trip or for the, to get Jonah home. Um, so that is going to take lots of prayer for me not to completely lose it while I'm here at home in the United States and them to be safe.
0: Jennifer, you may want to kind of give us an update on his physical condition because this is a special needs child. So when he gets here, there's some challenges with him also, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. He he has um, sickle cell so anemia, so we
0: are going to be... I'm seeing a lot of specialists. I'm not quite sure what his actual health condition is right now, but I'm sure we will find out the orphanage that he's at is actually really nice and wonderful. Another big uh, challenge for you guys has been the finances. I think all of you have been involved with the money, Did, having the kids have a little project in raising money for the attorney fees. A month ago, we were doing a lemonade stand for probably like three weeks it was, like every day in the heat for like 3 hours, 4 hours it was a really good experience of just sticking with everything and not giving up even though it's hot and gross out (laughs) but it was a really good experience and we got to pay the attorney bill well that's great and we will um, commit our prayers as a church for you guys while you're there, we're really proud of you and we'll be praying for you you'll be back oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) because if you're not then we'd have to start a bay community church in Uganda that's right that's that's right God God bless you guys we love you thank Thank you you. we love you too will you guys commit let's be praying for this family as they uh, take this adventure it's a great adventure I have to tell you this and I know I'm taking some of my time but little Grayson sitting there is 10 years old on the first take of the video he didn't know And so what I did, I just started leading in and saying, Church, we need to pray for this family. It's the first time a family has has done this in our church, and we need to be praying because this family is going all the way to Uganda, and they're going to actually exchange Grayson for another child and leave him there. (laughs) And Grayson's eyes were about this big. (laughs) And I said, Oh, your parents hadn't told you that yet. (laughs) So uh, it was really good. Grayson is a character, and it's hard to get one over on him, but I got one over on him, and uh, maybe you get to see the clip sometime. Well, listen, what do we need to do to make me and my house a protected house? When Jesus speaks about his return, he uses the analogy of the master of a house being watchful so the house is not broken into. So we need to guard and protect the the spiritual boundaries of our home to ensure they're preserved, that nothing encroaches our home that doesn't belong there. Here's where I want to go with this. In Luke 10, verse 17, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he, Jesus, said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is probably one of the most important scriptures in the New Testament because Jesus is, uh, what he's doing theologically is he's returning lost authority to mankind. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve you know, they had authority to take dominion over the entire world and to rule and reign. And he, he literally put them as gatekeepers of the garden of the world. And, well, they, they did a bad job in sinning against God and rebelling against him and when the devil tempted them. And so they opened the gate to the world and the garden to the devil. And he came in and destroyed their lives in the world. So he took uh, their authority away from them. Now, here, here's the proof that, that, that we have it, that we're gonna, we have it back or that he has it, and I'll show you how we get it back. In Luke 5, verse 4, uh, in another text, the, then the devil, this is Jesus in the wilderness, he, he's, uh, the devil uh, taking him up on a high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you in, in the glory, and this has been delivered to me, and I'll give it to whomever I wish. So when the 70 disciples came back, and, and they said to the Lord, even the demons are subject to us, this hasn't happened since Adam and Eve. And, and so he said, but I give you authority over all, uh, everything, all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall harm you. So Jesus is announcing that he's delivering back to mankind this lost authority that has been stolen by the devil. Now, understand that our God is a father, and he's a loving father, and he wants his children safe. <clears throat> I mean, he's going to send his son to save us. Then why would he leave us in, in harm's way? Now he wants us safe. After everything Jesus did for us, and then he raised, he's risen from the dead, and then he takes this authority back that Adam and Eve had lost. And with all the thousands of years of havoc in the Old Testament, all that happened on the earth because of the lost authority. So Jesus came to make God's family protected again. So we, we have this protection, this authority. It's our birthright as a believer. Protection is our birthright from the enemy. And Jesus said to the believer in the New Testament, if you're, if you're a believer, I give you authority over all of the enemy's powers and nothing shall harm you. So God has given back our authority, and now we have protection. It's our birthright individually and in our family. Well, Pastor, how, how does that work for us today? Well, I think today we're gatekeepers also. See, practically God gave Adam and Eve, the authority over the earth, but practically they had to watch the gates of the earth. Well, we're the gatekeepers of the earth now. Matthew 18, 18, the text I ask you to look at, here's what Jesus said. He said, assuredly, here's, here's what that means. That means, hey, I, pay attention, I'm going to give you a truth. So, so pay attention to this truth. There's an emphasis here. And then he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, whatever you bind on earth, that Greek word there is the word deo, and it, it means to restrain, to bind up, or to disallow. Whatever you disallow on earth, I'm going to recognize that in the heavenlies. So, I'm giving you authority on the earth, and that means I'm giving you my authority to disallow in your life and your family. Me and my house, I can disallow anything I want to disallow. Disallow. Then he he goes on, he says, but I also give you the power to loose, that Greek word is the word luo, and it means to loosen up, let go, or to allow. So here's a paraphrase of that verse. He's saying, I'm telling you the truth, whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in the invisible realm, whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in the invisible realm. So God has given us authority over me and my house protections your birthright in christ you have authority over all the power of the enemy and here's why god did that because god is a good father and he he wants us safe on this earth because he's everything he's going to do he's going to do through our family he's going to do through homes he's going to operate that way so he doesn't leave us as helpless pawns on the sea of faith and, and you know we are safe from the power of the enemy through taking authority watch of allowing and disallowing when we take authority through allowing and disallowing. Let, let me just give you a couple facts real quick. Did you know? Did you know all the authority of the devil exercises in the world today is illegitimate and it can be stopped by believers? He has no authority. It was taken away from him when Jesus was resurrected, Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, Jesus. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, He parades Satan and every demon of hell through the heavenlies. And here's what he says to the people in the heavenlies, okay? Just go with your imagination. He said, these guys are losers and they have no more authority. They're losers, they have no more authority. So in the invisible realm, he made a public spectacle of the devil and he took away all his power. So any power or authority that the enemy has that he's using on this earth, he stole it from a believer. He, He got it from someone who did not understand what they had and they had authority, but he takes it from them. Now watch what else Jesus says in Matthew sixteen eighteen. He I also say to you that you're Peter on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth here we go again we've heard this phrase second time in the scriptures. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So here's the interesting thing here that Jesus says. He's the interesting thing is he talks about keys, the keys to mankind, keys. Keys are what you use to lock and unlock. Now, in the the Bible days, it would have been a door or a gate. They they didn't have cars and didn't have padlocks and that kind of stuff. So it's a door or a gate. So when someone gave you a key, it was to a door or a gate. This verse is the first time church is mentioned, and Jesus comes to Peter, and here's what he says. Upon the confession that I'm Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church upon that confession. I'm not building it upon Peter I'm building it upon the confession that I'm Christ, the Son of the living God, and that's what I'm going to build it. And then he says, and I am giving you the keys to bind and loose. In other words, I'm giving you whatever you disallow, I'll recognize it in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. Whatever you allow, I'll recognize it in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. So, And and if the gates of hell, they, they, they can't prevail against you. So if you want to go somewhere where the devil is operating and stop him from operating and loose God to operate, you have the authority over the, uh, even over the devil's gates themselves. See, that's why we go into certain areas of our community to reach out at the minister because the enemy is there doing things he shouldn't be doing. That's why we go into other parts of this world to do things that, we, that God's not there doing because nothing can stand against us because we go in the authority of God. So the authority that Adam and Eve lost in the garden is now restored back to people and no longer is god's family two people in the garden now it's billions of people on the face of the earth that bear the name of jesus and the authority that they lost two people lost the authority it's been returned to us so that we can take authority over all the power of the enemy through using the keys of authority to stop what shouldn't be happening and to allow what should be happening and it's so important that jesus says it two times in the same book Here's another fact. Did you know the devil has no authority to harm believers? We have authority over him. Jesus said, I give you authority to trample. Here's the picture. You're not walking on eggshells. You're putting your feet down. You're trampling. You're violent. You're aggressive. You're walking over him. And Jesus gave us that ability in his authority. Here's another thing. Did you know that God will not do for us what he's given us the ability to do ourselves? So watch. We're gatekeepers, just like Adam and Eve, we're gatekeepers of our lives if you're an adult you're the gatekeeper of your home but as an individual you're the gatekeeper of your life god can't do that for you god is not your gatekeeper you're the gatekeeper of your life you did you know that there are two areas of gatekeeping in our lives that lead to protection of our homes there are two areas in our lives that lead of gatekeeping that will lead and give us protection in our home because you see protection is a birthright And we need to be thankful as believers that the devil doesn't have authority over us. We need to be thankful that we can live our lives as blessed people. We need to be thankful that we're not building something for nothing. In the first message in this series, we talked about building on sand. That's like building on nothing. If you build on sand, there is no foundation. You're building on no foundation. But you see, that's not the case because we have protection. We can have a protected house, me and my family. So what are those two areas? Here they are. Here's the first area. It's a personal level. The personal level. There are seven gates of our lives, watch, that either God or the devil have access to our personal level. Either God or the devil. There's seven gates. And, and let me go through them. Watch this. The eye gate. It, the Bible says it's the lamp of the soul. And if good's in it, it fills the soul with light. If bad's in it, it's darkness. So it, listen, your eye gate, you can open it to anything you want to. Here's why. Because no one can focus your eyes for you. You are the gatekeeper of your eyes, only you. No one else can focus your eyes but you. So, this gate, your eye gate, it can be a good gate or a bad gate, evil gate, the ear gate. The words, the music, the outside stimuli into my body. In most cases, you you have a choice of what you listen to, and you need to really pay attention to what you listen to because everything you listen to is not always accurate, and everything you listen to on news channels is not always accurate. Everything is bent and slanted and all this. And Jesus even said in Mark 4, he said, you need to be careful what you listen to. So your ear gate, what are you listening to? Uh, The mouth gate, Proverbs tells us the tongue has the power of life and death. Our mouth has the most disproportionate influence over our lives than any part of our body, for good or evil. I mean, it's just amazing. But what comes in or goes out of your mouth, good or bad, is something you say. It's something you say. Then there's the mind gate, your thoughts and your ideas. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us about the weapons of our warfare and, and what they worth they or not. And then it ends up saying, and then you take every thought captive So watch, what comes into your mind, you allow. You allow. There's nothing in my mind that I didn't allow to be there. God didn't decide my thoughts. Satan didn't decide my thoughts. I decide my thoughts. You decide your thoughts. Why? Because you're the gatekeeper of your mind, and you can think on anything you want to think on. And then there's the spirit gate. That's my faith or unbelief or submission or rebellion or my will. And Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about the door of your spirit. And until you're born again, your spirit is dormant. You are a spirit you possess a soul you live in a body, but your spirit man's dormant. It's dead He's at the door knocking, but he won't force his way in You have to open the door to allow him to come in to bring salvation to bring your spirit man alive So he's talking about the door of the spirit Jesus even recognizes that you're the gatekeeper of your spirit You have to open the gate to get him in you're the gatekeeper. The next gate is the flesh gate our sensual sexual physical needs desires and wants both good and bad my flesh gate is a gate that god will use or the devil will use in my life and in it it will either help me or it will destroy me it depends on who i let in that gate and then there's the emotion gate it's the attitudes and response to life and 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 it's the attitudes and response to people in life that you go through emotions are a gate that god uses or the devil uses either for good or for bad, it, 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 you manage that gate. All of these gates, you manage. You decide what comes into those gates. So, living as a gatekeeper of my life to live in protection, here's what it means. I use the authority God has given to me to shut these things down, to shut these gates down that the devil will try to use to crush me. I can open it to anything I want to. I can close it to anything I want to. I'm the gatekeeper of my life. I have authority to bind to disallow. I have authority to loose, to allow anything in my life. But because I have that authority, I have the authority to bind the devil over over my eyes, over my ears, all of these things. I have that authority, and I can open up all of those gates for the Holy Spirit and for the Word to come in and work in my life. I am a gatekeeper of my life, and for me to live in protection as a human being and in my family, God can't do this for me. God can't be your gatekeeper. Jesus died, he defeated the enemy, he defeated death, he took authority, he gave it back to us, but he can't watch the gates of your life for you. He can't do it. He will not do for us what he's given us the ability to do for ourselves. But the devil only needs one open gate to come in to start to destroy your life. And I'm not saying this to put fear into you, I'm telling you to respect the power of gatekeeping in your life. See, in your home, the thief doesn't need you to leave all the doors open for him to come in and rob. He just needs one entry point. And if he can get in one entry point, he's going to rob you. Let let, let me give you an example. There are several examples that I could use of how this operates, but let's just go to Ephesians 4 26. Scripture says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, nor give place to the devil. The word place there in the Greek is the word topaz, and in the Greek, it's what it means. It means a room, a foothold, or an opportunity. So, in this example, if I don't manage my emotions and I get angry and I begin to sin, when that emotion door opens, you've allowed sin to come in with that emotion, and then the enemy will use it to get his foot in the door. Uh, you, some of you don't remember this because you're, you're, not, you're not old, but some of you will remember door-to-door salesmen, right? And what would they, they were trained to get their foot in the door, literally, get the foot in the door so they could do their spill. This is exactly what happens. If he can get his foot in the door, he has access to start to destroy your life. So here's what the Scripture says. Be angry. He just he gave you permission. Everybody's going to be angry. Jesus was angry. Just don't sin. But if you do sin, well, what do you mean be angry and don't sin? Don't yell and curse and, and put people down and hurt people and do stuff unrighteously. Don't do that. Don't, and then if you do sin, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Ask for forgiveness quickly and, and take care of it. Because you have opened a door for the devil. You've opened the emotional gate for the devil to come into your life. And the devil is always looking for an open door into your life. He's looking at the seven gates to try to get in. Any access point, he can. So, listen, you can't open the door and the devil not come in. You can't open the door and keep sin and keep the devil out. Why? Because darkness is the devil's domain. When I say open the door, you've opened it because of sin. So, sin is his domain. You can't cast the devil off his property. Sin is his property. So, when you open a gate to sin... He's coming in, and he does what his work is. He starts in on that. So if you're going to live in freedom as individuals, it means we're going to learn to manage those seven gates. But here's the way you manage them. You give God access to those seven gates. You give him access. You depend on him, and and, and you open up to him, and you allow him to come in, and you close them to the enemy. So that's the individual area. Here's the second area. It's the family area. So so what? Gatekeeping To keep our families protected and safe, it begins individually. The kids are depending on you, mom and dad, and then it's the family. Listen, at two years old, our our grandchild children, uh, Nora and Tristan, at two years old could take the iPhone and open it up and go to the app and tap the app, open it up, and they can watch Thomas the Train. Okay, so here's what I'm saying: as parents, you have to be doorkeepers, gatekeepers of your children and your grandchildren. Are are y'all breathing? Okay, we have never lived in a world like this before. Never. And and there's never been an intrusion into the lives of our family like there is today. Outside forces that have access now to our families, always. So there are five gates of your child's life that as a parent you need to guard, okay? And grandparents, okay? So here's the first one. It's the God gate. The number one role of a parent is to lead your child to Christ. Not the church, you. You. It's your goal and the earlier you do it the easier it is the later you do it the harder it is So that is your that is your goal to lead your child to christ and, and watch god put his image on adam and eve And then he said multiply he didn't say multiply then put the image on them And here's why because the number one role of a parent is to bear god's image to that child So that child is led into an understanding of who god is so the God gate is where you're training them about God. You're training them about the Word. You're praying with them. You're talking to them. You're being a exa- godly example. You're raising them in the church family. Those things open the God gate in their lives. Here's the second gate. It's the entertainment gate. Now, listen to this trouble, s- troubling statistic. One study, 60% of parents said they were too busy to monitor what their children are watching on the Internet. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me because we are busy. We are busy, but, the, but here's, what's, here's what makes this season in the world so corrupt, because there's one thing that can corrupt all seven gates in your life, and it's called the internet. This is, we've never been here before. Now there, there's one device, one, one thing that can corrupt all seven gates. Before, it was all, all over the page. No, there's one. So you cannot give your child an instrument that you're not able to manage. If you put something in their hands that has the power to corrupt them, then you've got to know what they're doing is safe you, You're the gatekeeper of that thing It's not a babysitting device. It's not a pacifier. You're the gatekeeper of that computer You're the gatekeeper of that ipad. You're the gatekeeper of that iphone You, you if you give them those instruments and and, and you're not going to be a gatekeeper and monitor it you, you might as well be giving them a loaded gun It's just that dangerous you're the gatekeepers that, that you don't let things into your child's life to corrupt them. They don't know. They're kids. So you make sure in your home and around your home that it's monitored. It's a big job, but you have to do it. Here's the next gate. It's the friend gate. Listen, <laughs> the friend gate. You know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three, evil company corrupts good habits. Do, do you know that you can raise your kids right and they're good and this and that and they're doing good and they can get around bad friends and the bad friends will corrupt them? And the Bible even says, and some of you won't even believe that. And if you don't believe that, you're deceived, because you think you did such a good job. No, my kid, no, you get around the wrong ones; they'll corrupt them. I mean, listen, you, you have to guard what's said about you. I, you know, most of you know my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in parsonages. And here's what I heard as a kid, and this will date you if you've heard this. I heard as a kid growing up, people saying to my pastor, "Well, the preacher's kids are the meanest kids in the church. The kid, preacher's kids are the worst kids." You ever heard that? And my dad would just look back and say, yeah, and they learned it from the members' kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that, that's why we're so that's why we're so bad. See. But, see, sometimes the best gift a parent can give is closing the door on a bad opportunity. We had to do this to one of ours. They were 15, and they were hanging with a 16-year-old kid, and he was a bad influence, and we said, no more. And of course he got mad and angry and all this kind of stuff. But a couple months later, he came back to us and thanked us for doing it. And we're like blown away. And then he told us that this kid got in some trouble and he'd have been guilty by association because he'd have been hanging with him. So so listen, you have to scrutinize the friends. No one's perfect, not talking about perfect friends, but with but if you're a parent with right values, make sure that a child is not going to corrupt your child with their cell phone, their computer, and they're bad influence. You got it? Okay. Here's the fourth gate. The attitude gate. Anybody ever seen any attitude? <laughs> Write this down. Attitudes are the seedbed of behavior. Attitudes are the seedbed of behavior. If you only discipline behavior, you're way too late. Because long before behavior shows up, attitudes show up. You can see it in toddlers. And, and let me just say this to you young mothers who've got it all together and you know everything. That little toddler that has a bad attitude, that ain't cute. Okay? That's not cute. It's not even funny. So, and, and listen, and, and, and I'll give you an example of attitude. Your, your kid rolls their eyes at you, especially girls. Come on. Come on. Right, girls? Ladies? The daughter rolls their eyes at you? or they talk back? You didn't talk back to my dad. My dad was short, but he could swing a belt hard. And you just didn't talk back. You just didn't do it. There was discipline on that. But listen, you don't parent just through discipline. You also parent through rewards. So you say to your house on Sunday, hey, it's the beginning of a new week. You guys, we make the school on time. You keep your room straight. You don't kill each other. At the end of the week, we're going to go do this, this, and this. It's a reward. So I'm going to reward you for the right thing. I'm not going to just punish you for doing wrong. Many of us were raised just by the punishment of doing wrong, and the right thing was never even recognized. But I'm going to reward you for doing the right thing. Oh, and by the way, if you roll your eyes at me, I'm going to discipline you for that. And by the way, if you don't keep your room straight, I'm going to discipline, and on and on and on. Attitude is the seedbed of behavior, and I'm going to watch your attitude. And listen, if you, if you need a backup for that, God disciplines bad attitudes. So you, you can throw it back on God. He said he, the Scripture says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So when God sees pride, he disciplines pride. And good parents, watch your children's attitudes and reward the good ones but discipline the bad ones. You okay? Here's the fifth gate, the education gate. Now, I have the ability right here to make everybody mad on this one, but I won't. I'll be nice. Let me say it like this. Be involved in your child's education. Here's why. As a parent, you are the number one person responsible for their education. Not the Board of Education, not the State Board of Education, not the government's education. You are responsible for their education. So you need to know their teachers you need to know what they're learning you 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 need to prepare them you need to be involved and not be critical and analytical you need to be involved you need to know what's going on in that life of that teacher and those children and how they're teaching and here's why because you need to prepare your children so when they go to universities they are prepared for liberal professors in other words they need your child needs to understand their Bible, and why they believe what they believe because they're going to hear a bunch of nonsense when they get out of the house, okay? So it's your responsibility as a parent that you're watching the education gate And here's why, because when they leave home and go live for themselves, they've learned to be gatekeepers of their own lives in their own homes, even if they're in a dorm room. They've learned that. How did they learn it? Because they have been in the presence of responsible gatekeepers, and they live lived in a protected house that's not being destroyed by the enemy in all of his ways. See, we don't have to live our lives being torn apart. We we don't have to live with our families being ripped apart. We don't have to do that. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have. And God restores the authority in our lives, but he also can give us the keys of our lives and families to be gatekeepers so we overcome and we live in a safe environment. And, 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 and that, that's what I want you to understand. And here's how I want to close this part up. Listen, some of you listening to me right now, Mobile, Foley, online, some of you listening to me right now, you, you were raised in a home, and you, you're, you're hearing all the gates and all of these things and the access points, and you just realize, you know what, uh, the enemy had a heyday in my family because mom and dad, much as I love them, they, they, they left every gate open. They left every gate open. And so here's, here are all the access points, and, and here's why that's important, because now you're an adult, and you're still having issues with, the, with, with some of the gates, because here, here's what happens. The enemy doesn't play fair. And what does he do? If there's a gate open in a family, he's going to attack the child. He's going after the child. He's going to take that innocent young child and drop a seed, or that teenager, drop some seed of something in there so that when they become an adult, they're struggling with this issue of their life because the enemies has an access point through this gate. And some of you listening to me right now, you're a victim of that, and there's some points that I've mentioned in the gates that you're struggling with, and and you realize, man, my family didn't even know how to close a gate, and I can't get this gate closed. So here's what I've come to tell you. I've come to tell you that, that you need to be thankful that we love a forgiving God. Not only will he forgive us, But if you are a believer, you haven't lost the authority. You still have the key. You just have to use the key. You have to be a gatekeeper. They're your children. It's your house. You have authority in that house, and you need to use it. And you need to close down those windows. You need to close down those doors. You need to lock it up and send him on his way. And listen, not only do you have the authority to do that, but what you can do in those areas, you can take those areas and then Open them, allow them for God to come in and start bringing healing and restoration so that you don't live as a parent, depressed or pushed down or frustrated because there's a gate open. It's the best key in the world. No one can stand against this key. Nothing can come against this key. And and Jesus said, whatever you do, bind on earth whatever you disallow and whatever you allow i will spiritually recognize it from the heavenlies and, and and i'm there with you so make a decision if i've described you make a decision right now the rest of your life you're going to use the key and, and you're, you're going to batten down the hatches and your house is going to be protected and you're going to you're going to you're going you're to open. And, and you're going to bind the enemy out, and you're going to loose the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in your life to change what, what you can't change. Your part is to be the gatekeeper. God will do his part, but you have the key. You have the authority, and you need to use it. And and, and here's what I want to do. If if I've talked to you, and it's, it's the, the Word has touched you, and you realize... Man, I'm frustrated with this. We, we want to pray for you in just a couple minutes, okay? I don't want you to leave. It, it, it's not over. Don't leave. But, but we want to pray for you. Don't, don't, don't leave here with, with, with something bothering you in this area that the, the Holy Spirit's identified. Let somebody pray with you. The leaders will be up here in just a minute. But first, I want to pray for you. And I, and I want you to just bow your heads. And I, I want you to be open and, and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I, I don't want you to let God speak to you. Father, we come to you and we thank you that you forgive us for sins as parents and individuals. And we can repent, and, and, and Lord, we may have opened doors that we shouldn't have opened, but God, right now, we, we close the doors of our lives. We close those gates and, and, and so that the enemy can't work against our family. And Lord, we, we know you're not a legalistic God, and you've given us wisdom, and we understand the danger, and we see it. But we bind the doors of our lives and families to the enemy, and we loosen, and open the doors of our lives to our, our families to your ways and your works. We disallow Satan in every way. We shut every door and every window right now in Jesus' name. And we say, Satan, get out of my mind and my emotions and my family. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I cast you off my property in the name of Jesus. You're outside the gate. Lord, open my eyes and ears and mouth and mind and spirit and emotion and flesh and allow you to come in and you to work in my family and you to bring health and life into my family. And I thank you, God, for making us a gatekeeper and that my house is protected because of Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. And the church said yes. Listen, I want us to pray for a blessing over our children, grandchildren. And I, here's what I'm, I'm going to pray first, and, and then I'm going to have you stand. And I'm, I'm going to put the prayers on the screen. We're going to pray them together. And then when you get home, you can, you can do the same thing with your children, Okay. Father, we're astounded by the wonder of your will and the way that you will confer upon us the privilege of being a representative in both announcing and pronouncing your blessing on our children. And Lord, I ask you to help us minister blessing always with wisdom, always with faith, always with grace, so it will cause our children to know that the blessing comes from you and how beloved you are and how awesome you are. So Lord, when we do this, This is not us. This is you. You've given us the privilege to do it, but you're the one who blesses. You're the one who raises up. And we thank you that we get to do this for our children in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to stand. Listen, I want you to pray this out loud. Well, I don't have kids. Pray it anyway. My kids are grown. Pray it anyway. There's some kid out there that doesn't have parents praying for them. They need it, okay? So you pray for them. Listen. If somebody beside you's not praying, I'll give you permission. Just take your elbow and just, you know, let, let them have it, man. I mean, come on. say you, Just ask them. You don't love kids? Don't love kids? See, I, if you don't love kids, I don't think you're going to get in heaven. I really don't. I mean, that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, bring, I, I, disciples, hush, bring those babies to me. So let's pray this together as the body of Christ. Mobile, Foley, everybody, you ready? You ready to do this? Let's do it. I bless my children. List their names. Say it out loud. Say your kids' names out loud. Say them. I bless my children with the promises of God, which are yes and amen. May the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in spirit, soul, and body to move in faith and expectancy. May God's angels be with you to protect, guard, and keep you. May you behold the beauty of things that God created and planned for you as you obey his word. May your steps be ordered of the Lord to walk in purity, holiness, and peace. May your hands be tender, helping hands to bless those in need. May your heart be humble and receptive to authority and to the things of God. And may your mind be strong, disciplined, and faith-filled. I bless you in Jesus' name. Say it again. I bless you in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for our children. Come on. Amen, amen.